Amen. Can the Lord get a good amen in church today? Amen. High five somebody on your way to your seat. It's a good day to be in church, isn't it? Man. Let's pray together and ask God's blessing on his word today. Father, we're in all of who you are. As we sing these songs and consider all that you've done for us, regardless of what we have in this life, you've given us the hope of eternal life. The Holy Spirit, we just confess in this moment that there's so many things that distract us from what you're doing. So many of them self-inflicted, so many of them things that we desire. And Holy Spirit, we just, we need you in this moment. We need your word to speak to us. We don't need just another Sunday. We need to hear from you. And so we just declare the promise that your book, your Bible, your word to us makes That every time it's preached, it doesn't return empty. So we ask that it would do what you created it to do. That it would work its way into our hearts. And divide what needs to be divided. That you would change our minds where they need to be changed. That you would encourage us and lift us up where we need to be encouraged. That you would call us to repentance where we have fallen short. And through that... We're so grateful for the gift of freedom that you've given to us. So bless this time in your word, Holy Spirit. And may Jesus be glorified. And all of God's people said, Amen. I'm glad you're in church today. It's uh, going to be an important uh, Sunday for you because... We're in the middle of this 21 days of prayer. We've got one week left, and we're uh, in a series called Pray First, where we're saying, we're declaring, we're changing some things around in our life to say that prayer is going to be our first response, not our last resort. That when the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray always, that that's a lifestyle. And There's no real better way for me to show you what pray first, pray always looks like than to talk about the fact that the Bible refers to you and I as sheep. Sheep. You know, like, sheep. Dirty, dumb sheep. Can I get an amen in church? You're like, I'm not dumb. Well, we could probably find somebody in the near vicinity that at least would let us know that you have dumb moments. But sheep, sheep, there's around 400 mentions of sheep and lambs in the Bible. 400, it's a big theme, it's a major theme, it's something that God, when he chose to write a book, wanted us to know about. And I got to confess to you that I wish it didn't have to be a sheep, right? Like, why couldn't it be a lion? Like a lion, like powerful lions for the kingdom of God. And just 
He just liked that, right? Like I would tattoo a lion on me. Nope, we got sheep. A lamb. Why not a cheetah sprinting for Jesus at 75 miles an hour gracefully through the jungle? Nope, we're sheep. Sheep are slow and a little dumb. Why? Why do we have to be sheep? The answer is the key to freedom in your life. The Bible gives us these paths to freedom in Christ. And this relationship of you as a sheep to your shepherd is a key to freedom in your life. Because sheep, follow me, sheep are utterly dependent on their shepherd. You following that? Sheep are utterly dependent on their shepherd. I'm titling this message, How to Pray Like a Sheep. How to pray like a sheep because there's a very important understand and tap into role that you and I play as a sheep in his pasture, in God's pasture. And I want to unpack that for you just a little bit. Let me give you a little bit of history on this idea of sheep in the Bible. In the Old Testament, sheep were sacrificed to pay for the Jewish people's sins and anyone who uh, came to look forward to the coming of the Messiah through the nation of Israel because they were the light in the world. They were the city set on a hill to the, to the nations. And so uh, every time the people sinned, they would have an account of that and they would bring sacrifices to the temple. If you go way back to the tabernacle. And they would bring blood sacrifices to pay for their sins. A lot of sheep had to die. <laughs> Imagine how many sheep you would have to sacrifice. A lot of doves had to die. And this happened all through the Old Testament. And sheep were the atonement for the sins of the people as they looked forward to Jesus coming. But as the New Testament opens and Jesus comes as... A baby born in a feeding trough for animals, maybe some sheep. He's born in this manger, this trough, and he lives for 33 years, the life that you and I were supposed to live, not ever tapping into his deity. Though still God, choosing to be tempted like you, tempted like me, to go through hardship, and then he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. He was the Lamb of God, the Bible says, who takes away the sins of the world. So we don't sacrifice sheep anymore because God sent Jesus to be our atonement, to pay for our sin. And so sheep paid the price for sin. We're sheep. We ought to pay for the price of our sin. You have to come to that realization that you and I deserve to pay the price of our sin. But we don't have to because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's the gospel. Well, we put on the wall back there that we exist at Redeemer City Church 
to share and spread the liberating power of the gospel. Because Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 that he came to bring us life. To bring us freedom. And as we're going to look at, sheep follow their shepherd. Sheep follow their shepherd. And so there's some beautiful things about that. But if you have a Bible, go to John chapter 10. I want to unpack this for you a little bit. John chapter 10. And just walk you through what it is to be a sheep and what it is to have a shepherd. And it's incredibly important for you and I as followers of Jesus. But here's what he says. He says in John chapter 10, verse 1, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Just stop right there for a second. It's important in the culture that we live in for us to point out the fact that Scripture, that the Bible, that Jesus is both inclusive and exclusive, that in this culture of all roads lead to the same place, Jesus says time out and he says actually all roads don't lead to the same place. Jesus said it this way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so he says that right off the bat. And he says, verse 3, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him and they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them. Well, listen to this. I told you sheep were what? A little dumb. Listen to what it says. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Anybody have kids in here? You ever tell your kids to do something and they're like, huh? I didn't hear you. You're like, what? You got to tell them again. Look at what this next verse says. So Jesus, again, said to them, what should you do when Jesus says something twice? You should listen. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and scatters them. And the wolf snatches them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. 
And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And listen to how the people respond. This is where you and I have to consider what that means for you and I. It says, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Life change, right? Freedom. They were granted freedom. And so as you sit here, I want you to consider what it means to be a sheep and what it means to have a shepherd. I just want to walk you through that list that we were given and just and just ask you where you're at, what what your relationship to Jesus looks like today. Is it one like a sheep? But we start with the shepherd, right? We start with Jesus. Jesus comes in through the door. There's no guessing. It's the difference between the Bible and every other religion where Jesus is Obviously, the one whom we enter through. There's, he, he's not climbing over the back fence, the Bible says. He's coming through the door, and in fact, he says, I am the door. Why is that so important? Because you live in a culture right now that offers you many paths to meaning. That offers you many paths to purpose. That offers you many paths to significance and satisfaction. And what the Bible wants you to know that is there is only one way to truly fill and feel satisfied. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so the Bible says he calls the sheep by name. What an amazing thing that that when God Draws you to himself, he says in John chapter 6, that he calls you by name. You will know, and if you know Christ, you know that you are his child. What an amazing thing. He calls you by name. And then I love this part. It says he leads them out of the fold and into the pasture. What's he talking about? He's talking about being on mission. That he goes before you to do what he's called you to do. That he leads you out and he goes before you. What, what is it in your life right now that you know you need to go out to? That you need to recognize that he has gone before you. You see, because we talk a lot about Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it says that the Holy Spirit will come on you with power to be his witness. But what does that look like in your context? If you are a sheep following your shepherd, what does it look like for Jesus to go before you into that place where you work? 
into that neighbor's yard, into that family member's house, into that co-worker's space. What does it look like to be on mission for God if he goes into that place first? It says he leads you out. And then it says he's the door. What do doors do? Think about doors. What do doors do? You open the door and it lets people in, right? But what else does a door do? You can close the door and lock the door, can't you? And it keeps what? People out. Jesus is mentioning here that there are some dangers for you in this life. That there are voices in this life that you shouldn't listen to. That in the day and age that we live with all the technology that we have, your little phone can bring the world of the devil or the world of good, can it? With the touch of a few buttons, you can have all the temptation in the world at your fingertips. But with the touch of a button, you can have that same phone read you the Bible. And, and Jesus says that he, he's this door and he's going to help you let things in and keep things out. But you have to be a sheep and follow your shepherd. And then it says that he knows the sheep and gives his life for the sheep. He brings salvation, freedom, and provision. Look at verse 10 again. It, it contrasts the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What is the abundant life? Jesus isn't saying that if you pray for a billion dollars that he's going to give you a billion dollars. That would be nice. And I could think of a few things to do with it. That's not what he's talking about. This isn't the idea that if you pray for it, he'll bring it. It's the idea that he will bring you salvation and freedom and provision. The abundant life. But it is prefaced by there's this thief that will steal, kill, and destroy your life. So, so, so we have to look at our life and ask ourselves, as a sheep, have I been stolen away by the things of the world? Has Satan stolen me away with other things? Or am I living in this abundant life that Jesus has given to me? It's a very real and practical thing because so many of us live in slavery when we're offered freedom. And it doesn't have to be a massive sin struggle. It can be. If you're struggling with something big, you need to deal with that. Because there's freedom, the Bible says. You can have healing when you come to the church and you confess those things and get help. He says there's freedom. And healing. But sometimes I think when I look around at my life and at our lives that so often the thing that steals us away are the things that are that are fine. The daily issues of life. The struggles that we face. And they distract us from the fact that we have a good shepherd. One who knows you by name. 
Don't you love that Old Testament verse that says he sings over you? He's a good shepherd. He knows the sheep and he gives his life for the sheep. An amazing promise. Aren't you thankful that you have a good shepherd? But then we switch to the sheep. And what are the sheep doing in this context? There's a few things that I think are important for us to recognize that they're not doing. Some things that the Bible doesn't say here that we're really good at. Think about it. Here's what we don't see. The sheep don't tell the shepherd what to do. Can you imagine? <laughs> a sheep going up to the shepherd. Bah! And then going that way. <laughs> like The sheep don't do that. Sheep do whatever the shepherd tells them to do. Is it easy for you to follow Jesus like that? Is it easy for you to take the words of Scripture and apply them to your life because he's trustworthy and he's faithful and he's a good shepherd? What about when a problem comes into your life? What's the first thing you do? Do you pray first or do you fix first and pray later? In this culture, it's easy to fix first and pray later, isn't it? We have a lot of resources in this culture that we find ourselves the sheep don't cut deals with the shepherd can you imagine a sheep (laughs) i love to think about that don't cut deals with the shepherd they follow the shepherd and if they walk away from the shepherd they may get whacked with a cane there's record of them having a leg broken so they remember not to leave you say, but that, that's cruel. Not if it saved your life. What's the Bible say? Those whom he loves, he, what? Disciplines. Right? So, the sheep follow the shepherd. How about this? The sheep don't call the shepherd when they feel like it. Or to forget to listen to him. And forget to interact with him. Why? Because the shepherd walks around with that cane and if they don't pay attention, they get hooked (laughs) or they get whacked. Right? Why? Because he's a good shepherd. So what does the story tell us about the sheep? Here's what the sheep do according to the Bible. They follow the shepherd. They know the shepherd's voice. They're afraid of strangers. And so they choose not to listen to strangers. That's what a sheep does. It's really simple. They follow the shepherd. But I think we need a picture of that. I think we need a picture of what what is that truth and that reality do in your life? How do you pray like a sheep? Listen to what Hebrews chapter 10 says. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. We're going to get we're going to get this truth. And it's going to be followed by this posture that we take. Listen to it. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, he was that sacrificial lamb. Since that's given us confidence by the new and living way that he opened for us freedom through the curtain, that is through the through his flesh, since we have a great priest over the house of God. Then look at this. This is how we act like sheep. Let us draw near 
with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's good news. That no matter what you walked in here with today, you can have your heart sprinkled clean from the blood of Jesus of an evil conscience. Is your conscience bothering you today? There's freedom and healing in the blood of Jesus. And what does that do for us? What does that change for us? Look at what verse 23 says. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And then there's a call for us as the church. It's a call for us as the church because it's not just an individual sport, being a sheep. What is it called? It's called a flock, right? Being a sheep is not an individual effort. They follow each other around. They smell bad with each other. They get cleaned and sheared and smell good with each other. And what do they all do? They follow the shepherd, don't they? Such a simple picture, but so important because look at what it says. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is he talking about? He's saying you need to go to church. You need to get in a city group. Shameless plug. You've got a card on your seat somewhere. You need to take it home. You need to circle a group that you want to go to. Why? Because the day is coming where it's not going to be simple for you to be a Christian in this country. It's already going south. But what do we see from church history? What do we see all through the Bible that where there's persecution, the church seems to grow like a wildfire? But you're going to need... The body of Christ. You're going to need to be in the flock. Why does Jesus say it's one flock and one shepherd? Because the time's coming where it's not just going to be easy to have all these churches. We're actually going to need each other. And right now, as you sit in Redeemer City Church, you need the people around you. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. How does that work? By getting in a group. Of like-minded people who are going to challenge you and are going to pray for you. And when life goes bad, they're going to be there for you and they're going to care for you. You need that. They're going to help you know what's a stranger and what's the voice of the shepherd. We're sheep and we have this new confidence and this new commitment to live like a sheep. And so as the band comes up and as we get ready to finish today, I want to ask you to take a look at your life and ask yourself, do I look like a sheep? Do I smell like a sheep? And do I act like a sheep? What do I mean? What do I mean? 
Do I look like a sheep? Am I following the shepherd? Do I do the things that sheep do? Am I at church? Am I in a group? Am I doing the things that the sheep do to follow the shepherd? This book is full of instructions that will give you freedom. But most of them are things we don't like. Like God loves a cheerful giver. We don't like to give our money away. But there's freedom in that. It says serve one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. What's the second most valuable thing to us? Our time. Do you smell like a sheep? Are you involved in people's life? Are you doing what the Bible says to carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ? What's the law of Christ? Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you smell like a sheep? You can only smell like a sheep if you're around sheep. So why don't you stand with me? And it's been a great day in the house of the Lord today. But I believe there's freedom available to you in the most practical of ways. If you'll just bow to Jesus today. Confess to him that you're a sheep in his pasture. And ask him to be your shepherd an awesome thing to recognize that I'm not a cheetah I'm not a lion I'm a sheep there's freedom in recognizing that you're a sheep today and I want to encourage you to listen to his voice and know him today and rest in the arms of your good shepherd Amen.